Palmer Bear on the edge of the box. Oh, it's a straight-up screamer! Download our app today and enjoy straight-up screamers this FIFA World Cup with great odds, great promos and same-game multi at Palmer Bear. Gamble responsibly. For gambler's help, call 1-800-858-858. Good morning, wherever you might be, right around Australia. It is the Betfair Edge via the SEN Networks on a big, big weekend of racing, a big weekend of sport, and we start to fire it up, all thanks to Betfair. Play your way with Betfair. Always gamble responsibly. Call 1-800-858-858. Cam Luke in for Miles Fitzner, but Tommy Haylock, as always, is in the house. Hello, buddy. Hello, mates. How good was yesterday? Oh. Spring in the air. Oh. Look, we are going right around Australia, so we are going to be a little Melbourne-centric when we uh, talk about the spring weather. But that day out at Caulfield, or wherever you might have been in Melbourne yesterday, it was remarkable. It was a scent of spring. We saw the Group 1, Memsey Stakes. What a day that was. Let's, we, we've also got Sydney, which was a good day of racing. Yeah, it was. Um, the weather was controversial, but yeah... <laughs> Can, can the weather be controversial? <laughs> I like. I, I'm not it's, disagreeing. It's just, it just they just seems to rain for fun. Up there. Yeah, like even when it's not forecast, mm. it has yeah. I don't know. It's just rubbish. And you know what? It actually I've always found when it comes to horse racing, it makes my life easier because you just always prepare for a minimum soft seven <laughs> or all the way to heavy two hundred. Like I think it's actually. You get a fair form line through a majority of the Sydney runners in the last 12 or 18 months because if you don't handle the wet, you just don't go there. But it does mean that when a couple of them come to Melbourne for bring big spring races later in the year, it is a little hard to get a guide on them. Well, this is the thing this spring because so many of the Melbourne, uh, so, so many of the, the form from the two-year-olds, the three-year-olds, the autumn, it was mm-hmm. so wet up there. So... Do you pen it? We saw Best of Bordeaux go down early in the, the Santa Menico off. Like, he, he's got great wet track form, obviously. Yep. All these two-year-olds and three-year-olds that have been running really well on the wet in the autumn have come back for the spring, and we're seeing some form turnarounds. So, um, yeah, it's a challenge we face. I, I actually, there is one big one, uh, Espanya, who will be in the Betfair markets for some big races later in the spring and, of course, did what she did last year on Oaks Day. I have no idea if we're going to get a read on her until she gets to Melbourne in a big race. Like she rolls in for a Cox Plate, right? Now, she may not. But if she does and she gets on a good deck, she might just go bang. And we're sitting around going, oh, no wonder that they were no good. Well, Fangirl's the other one because Fangirl, yeah. I've been – daughter of Frankel, dead set dry tracker. Mm-hmm. She, what she did in the, the autumn on wet tracks was just a bonus because yep. she just didn't go a yard on them. She found a wet track, a firm track the other day. If she gets to Flemington like she did in the, the autumn as well, um, look out because she's a big track – Big daughter of Frankel, dry tracker. Um, she could be in for a big spring. All right, there's a lot to get into and get involved. All thanks to Betfair, 0499 736 736. Now, you, you're leading the way today, mate. So however you and uh, Fitzmagic normally do it is exactly what we're going to do, mate. So where do you want to start? Oh, I want to start with a few things grinding out gears. And I want to hear <laughs> from people. Labin, yes. um, one of the great segments everyone loves on Sunday morning, waking up, hungover, grumpy. Send us through your what's grinding your gears. I went to the races yesterday mm-hmm. with seven or eight blokes and none of them, I think one of the seven brought cash for group quaddies, group bets, whatever it might be. One of them. Now, like, are they racing people? They're all racing people. That's a bad it's mistake. Labin. Mm-hmm. You've got to be better than that, guys. We don't want a quaddy turns up. Oh, I've got to go to the ATM. No, nah, come on. Got to sharpen up. Yeah, can you spot me? Can you spot me? Well, what, why? Why? There's an eight, there's 14 oh. ATMs in Caulfield. <laughs> is one of the better racetracks when it comes to... Uh, ease of ATMs on the way in. So you're right. I'm not just laying that particular situation. I'm, I'm 
I'm putting your mates in the lay bin. This is a whole, whole situation. I, I'm trying to put quaddies on for them. And <laughs> yep. They, they're transferring me cash. I don't know how much cash I've got. Like, it's just a nightmare. Mm-hmm. They're in the bin. Um, I just, we touched on it earlier, two-year-old autumn form. That's in the lay bin. All, all turnarounds. We saw Best of Bordeaux get well back. To, he's in the lay bin as well. The money for Best of Bordeaux yesterday, that's in the lay bin. That was a huge go. Um, very, very short price. And for a horse that comes off two-year-old form on wet tracks, Two Rose Hill first up, and he—it was probably that price because he beat Stays in a trial. He was mm-hmm. beating the likes of Montefilia in those barrier trials and doing it with speed. He copped a bump early, but I just thought he was a silly price. I liked him. I tipped him on top, but I couldn't take that price, and I was winning the two no. But um, yeah, weird, weird result. We'll see a few upsets. Ken. So looking forward to seeing what Fireburn does. That Golden Slipper Jinx has been fairly well discussed over the last decade or so. When I say Jinx, just the form hasn't translated to to meaningful races on the back of it after that Golden Slipper win. And it will be very interesting, very interesting what happens with Firebird on the back of it because uh, so far hasn't been great. No, that's right. Well, she, unless she came out and won since that Golden mm. Slipper win. But so. she did too. But again, you've got a question of form coming out of it, right? Because it's a, tough, it's a tough one. She did win, but a lot, of, a lot of those Golden Slipper winners don't necessarily continue on in that autumn run. She went on and then, and then she went around about $1.30 and got beat. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> you don't need to remind us of that. Um yeah, but they always say if fillies are dominant in the two-year-old season, it's not a strong crop. So I, the picture for these three-year-olds heading towards the Golden Rose and, and races like the Caulfield Guineas and stuff, we saw a good win um, at Caulfield, obviously, but there's so many questions now. I'm, I'm waiting for a horse to come through the midweeks or bob up at the trials, and, and they can come from anywhere at the moment. That's why I was pretty strong in the Naturno camp yesterday because mm. he brought, brought that different form. thought he was very good. Mm-hmm. Um but, yeah, what do you make of it all? Oh, it's, it's tricky. It, it, it is. It, it, one, it's great because we're in a situation where there's a lot of X factor. There's a lot of different ways to look at it going into what's going to be huge races in the spring. But as a punter, it can also be very hard. Now, it gives you an opportunity to find some value, but it also makes it very hard to be able to put a form. And, and I mentioned that half-jokingly moments ago around the uh, around the rain in Sydney. and to, it, it just makes it harder because we don't know how these horses are going to stand up. One, if the form's any good. But two... But two, if in a situation where they only won certain races because of the heavy nine and ten they had to roll through. You know, that, that Queen Elizabeth form, I'm really looking forward to seeing what, you know, Zaki did everything but win. Think it over, famously was able to come on the outside. Very elegant, hasn't been able to do anything since. I know in a much different situation. Animo's come out and just belted them. I'm Thunderstruck's come back in great return. So that's the type of race that you look for, say, towards a Cox Plate or get some type of idea. And right now, I've got no idea what's happening. I'm so disappointed a few of the internationals aren't coming over for the yeah. Cox Plate. Um, say it had been Sir Raw's horse, he got, uh, got balked by the protocols mm. and the scanning. He, he got scared and ran away. But um, you know what I am backing? Hit me. Queensland form, early spring. Yes. I am backing Queensland form. We saw it with Snap Dancer. We've seen it time and time again. Um, Natuno as well ran really well. Mm. I think that's the way to play first up, second up in the spring because they got the fitness edge, the sun on their back. Oh, I'm heavily in that camp this uh, early spring. And I know he didn't win, but Alligator Blood got on the back of Western Empire yesterday and I think Ollie made these comments after the race and was like, look, I thought he was going to take me into the race. Western Empire probably needed that run after obviously not running since last December and he didn't. So Alligator Blood should have finished a little closer yesterday. Now, what does that translate into a what they hope to be a Cox Plate. I'm not sold on him being a 2,000-metre horse, but, you know, 
We'll see what happens. But um, that's another one that's obviously come through that Queensland form. Shooting for gold yesterday was huge as well with that win. So uh, I'm with you. I tell you, I, I, I haven't seen this because I'm clearly in the radio studio, but uh, our man Kane Corns, now, I, I, I apologise if this is not how it's played out, but I believe he might have been on the Sunday footy show and whacked the Essendon players for going on a holiday to Spain. Come on, Cornsy. I, I grant the Bombers. I grant the Bombers have had a shocking year, both on and off the football field. But let them go. Enjoy Spain. Couple of weeks over, and they can get back in. When, when they get a coach, they'll come back from Spain. I'd, so I'm, I'm laying that from Kane Corns. Come on, Cornsy. Who love, we love here? I'd love to get Kane Corns doing the lay-in. It'd go for hours. Oh, I <laughs> Most of his show is just essentially a big, big lay-in as he just pops up on the screen. I love him, but come on, let, let the let the boys get to Spain, relax. It might even help them. I think there's about thirty of them going together. Might help them. Might so be team go. bonding session. They need it. They need something. Uh, anything else to lay in this week, mate? Uh, I'll tell you what. I, I want to lay the fact that yesterday at Caulfield, I didn't realise that the renovations put out the traditional um, Entry? entrance. Yes. So I went past four entries on the way to <laughs> my main. I said, no, down here, down here, down here. Get all oh. the way down there. No signs. The only thing the Melbourne Racing Club did wrong yesterday was there was no signage. Had to spin back. But uh, no, oh. I'm, in, I'm, in a, I'm, in a, I'm in a decent mood. I, it's interesting. I know you laid, who's your, you laid elation on Thunderstruck and Alligator Blood on Friday. Yes, yes, that is correct. Got the race right, which yep. is really nice. Uh, nice to get one right early in spring. <sighs> I don't want to lay elation, Ooh. but I don't know where it's at. Again, I'm not entirely sold on the horses he beat in that, in particular in Adelaide, but he did run some time and what he was able to do when he took off was remarkable. He had Jamie Carr committed to what was going to be a decent, almost identical prep to last year with I'm Thunderstruck. So I don't want to lay it, but... But you were laying it. Yeah, I'm, hard, I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm very confused. I'm very, very confused. And I look forward to the news in the next couple of days to see what... Because that definitely wasn't the horse that we all expected yesterday. I can't wait to dissect the, the day of racing in uh, or later in the show. But I've got a couple of questions for you, whether you're backing or laying a couple of things here, Hit me. Cam. Pre-finals buy, you're backing or laying? Backing it. I, I I can understand why clubs aren't huge on it, so I'll just talk from a fan perspective. Yes. I like the AFLW where it is, and I think this weekend has been great. And the momentum, the momentum that people talk about, well, that fires back up on Thursday. The AFL finals do not get hurt by having a week off. Clubs, you can argue it, but from a, from a fan perspective and the fact that AFLW had some clear air this time right now this weekend... I am, I'm backing the AFL pre-finals by. I, I like what you're saying about the AFLW because all eyes are on the AFLW yeah. this week. It's a weird feeling in Melbourne, though. You're walking in, even the SCN studios, there's no one here. No there's one no around. There's no footy. It's, um, it, it is, is a bit weird. Yeah. Um, I also think the Brownlow should be on tonight. Ooh, that's not a bad one. I think the Brownlow should be, and I've said this, and I'm not going out on my own. There's a lot of people who, th- I, I think, I understand how it kickstarts grand final week, but with the way that the world is and Victorian teams, non-Victorian teams being good and we're not having people in the room, I would like to have seen it tonight, so every single player, or last night, whatever's best for Brisbane and Fremantle and Sydney, yeah, uh, a way around it as well. So Don't mm. mind that. Daytime grand final, backing or laying? I think this is the most over irrelevant conversation <laughs> in the history of the world. <laughs> I would love a night grand final. I'd love a twilight grand final. I love a daylight grand final. You don't care. I think people just argue just for the sake of it. They'll keep it there. That'll be cool. If it went to nighttime, every single... Uh, 
Text in <laughs> if you wouldn't watch a nighttime grand final because I don't think there's anyone who's interested in the game and loves the game who wouldn't watch it 100%. depending on the time. Sydney weather? I just lay that all the time. 100%. I, I just lay the argument that Sydney try to argue with us Melburnians that they've got better weather than us and it always rains in <laughs> Melbourne. That, that, I'm laying that argument. Uh, yeah, 100%. That is so true. Um, we'll move on. All-Australian team. What did you make of it? You're backing or laying the selectors? Uh, look, um, I'm, I'm backing the selectors. I understand every year. Was Kane a selector? Kane's a selector. Uh, yeah. I, I, will, I will lay no wingers, which Kane was pretty big on. Yeah. And he said, you know, and then the, the argument is that oh, no, none of the wingmen had all Australian years, but it's relative, right? So if you're going to put together a team and you want to have wingmen in this particular team, you just have to find the best wingmen. You don't have to compare them to a midfielder where, of course, we've seen Mills and, and Miller, I think, were the two wingmen. So I'm backing the team. It's a great team. Anytime you sit down and put together 22 players of that calibre, I'm all for it. I reckon Tom Lynch was a little unlucky. Nick Dacos was stiff to not make mm. the 44. Yeah. But I think Tom Lynch has had an outstanding year. He probably missed a game or two too much to make it, but he was huge. Are you, gonna, are you laying everyone's opinions on the AA team? <laughs> no, because tell you what... I'm not big on the squad of 44. I'm just like, yeah. this, 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 is, this has been a long-term view of mine. But then, being in the media, I understand exactly why the AFL do it because they do it for two days and all we do is oh, argue about it for it. a week. So radio and TV and media and social media are the reasons we have a squad of 44 so we can argue about it. And then uh, once the finals kicks off, even this weekend, it's going away as the AFLW starts. But, nah, team is great, and I, I love the whole discussion about it. I People get angry, though, about I it. I love the opinions. Yeah. I love it. And and we obviously, we're here for Betfair. Opinion's what it's built on. Mm -hmm. The whole wagering landscape is built yep. on opinions. Come at me. I, everyone's entitled to opinion. You obviously, don't get angry about it, but you're allowed an opinion. I love it. Absolutely. The, the last one here, backing or laying, probably the most controversial one mm -hmm. at the moment in sport, live golf. Oh, Backing it. You're backing it? Backing it. Ooh. Now, I'm not necessarily saying that it is something that I'm going to sit down on their Facebook page and watch a great deal of, because I have not in its early days. But what it has done is all of a sudden we're seeing stadium golf roll on in. You know, Tiger said, well, I'm going to stand up and deliver this. And that, that's going to be cool. That the Monday night starting in 2024, it's forced the PGA to do some things and, and, and be innovative. I don't like when players leave for the cash, which is fine. I like that. I'm no dramas with that. <laughs> yeah. But then whack the PGA on the way out or then they're suing him. And I think that's really bad for the actual game. Like, you knew if you took the cash, you couldn't compete in PGA tournaments. You can play in the maid. Like, I don't like all the periphery stuff. But if you want to have different options and earn a bucket load of cash, that's no dramas at all. But don't. Don't turn around and be like, oh, well, the PGA ain't done nothing for us. Like, well, they've, they've put on great tournaments for a long period of time and you knew no, you couldn't play. So I'm backing Liv because I think we're going to see better stuff in the PGA in the next couple of years. I'm going to lay their website. They've got, they can pay Cam Smith $100 oh. million and they pay 30 bucks from some guy on Fiverr to make a website for I, them. I, I don't think they paid $30 for that thing. <laughs> I've only been on there once and, I was, I, and it was a little while ago. So I assumed, I assumed... That it's got better, but I'm taking your <laughs> words for it that we continue to lay it. You know what? Like, Scotty Scheffler as well walking across Cam Smith's line the oh. other day. All that kind of drama. Golf's changed. It's, it's all happening. Golf has changed in a big <laughs> way. Uh, yeah, that was interesting. That was interesting. It's uh, all yeah. happening. Yeah, it is. Hey, wherever you might be, 0499 736 736. Uh, the confusion on the winner in the last at Eagle Farm yesterday in the lay bin. 
yes. Off the text. Yeah. Um, all those short price favourites I backed yesterday that came second. They can all go in the lay bin. <laughs> Thank you. That's from Big Fella. Uh, ended up with a bit in a skyrocket thanks to getting Snap Dancer at 10s. Oh, and a Chris played. Nelson double yesterday. That's Scotty and Bayswater in Western Australia. Good morning to you as well. Best of ball day. Lay bin. That was horrible. And a couple of people saying, leave the Brownlow. So there you go. Ooh, as we like fire up on a Sunday. Right around Australia. Play your way with Betfair. Always gamble responsibly. Call 1-800-858-858. You're listening to the Sunday Betfair Edge on SEN. Trade markets and find better odds this spring racing with Betfair. Gamble responsibly. Call 1-800-858-858. Tommy Haylock and Cam Luke are right around Australia. Trade markets and find better odds this spring racing with Betfair. Always gamble responsibly. Call 1-800-858-858. Got a very special guest to join us in about 30-odd seconds. I, I do, there's something else I want to put in the lay-bin, actually. Oh, Tommy. Yes, of I forgot. I forgot about this. <laughs> and we'll, we'll talk more about the Memsie shortly, but uh, heavily into I'm Thunderstruck yesterday. Ran brilliantly. We'll discuss that. Snap Dancer, huge win. Um, I went to, uh, I was out having a beer last night after after dinner, and three or four guys sort of sidled up, not you know, not in a threatening way, like, oh, came head thunderstruck. I said, oh, you know, got beer, yeah, of course. And I'm like, these guys know. I said, well, oh, yeah. yeah, oh, we own Snap Dancer. I was like, yeah, cool, man. So I had to listen to them talk about Snap Dancer <laughs> for. Uh, <laughs> I made them, I made them buy me a couple of drinks, but I uh, put them in the lay bin. But big, big shout out yeah, to Bart and the crew. Oh, it's, it's it's amazing. There's a lot of people in Snap Dancer. Yeah. But, now, is Dipper in Snap Dancer or not? I, he was there. He, he was, was bloody oath he was there. I, I, I don't know. <laughs> I, I, That's a very good question. I, 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 now, I should have, in hindsight, asked these boys last night. I have never heard of Dipper being an owner in Snap Dancer. Until he's celebrating. Until he was celebrating. He was, <laughs> and I'm assuming what, we were both on the track, I'm assuming what's on the screen is what people at home were watching on you know, Channel 7 or Sky Racing or Racing.com, whatever you're watching. I... <laughs> I, I'm going to go as far to say that he is not an owner. He's not listed as no, an owner. No, he's not. He, well, and <laughs> at some point, Dipper, being an owner of Snapdancer, considering sure he had a group one under the belt, that would have possibly yeah. had a mention somewhere. Uh, he probably had a big go at it. Hopefully, I'll be <laughs> fair. Um, I didn't know Brasikowski was in Snapdancer either until I saw him yesterday before the races, so... He had a good day. He had she's um, all class ran yeah. really well as well. So a big big turnaround too from uh, how she ran last start, where I think I dipped into her as well. So uh, you'd be, you'd she be was stiff good. If you back to her last start each way or whatever, mm. and now she's come out and done that. How does she turn that form around? Yeah, it, and this is the thing. This, this is why we love the game, right? Because unfortunately, uh, for whatever reason, we're just struggling to get Jace up. So we might just touch on the on the Memsy now. Let's start there because yep. Snap Dancer was outstanding. It was a brilliant ride by Ethan Brown. He was able to get. A little bit of rhythm. There was some speed. Of course, call sign Mav was going to come across. Tafane probably settled back a little further than, uh, well, I definitely thought. But those cheap sectionals in the middle of the race made it really hard, which I think makes, and again, I'm biased because I'm talking through my pocket, I'm <laughs> Thunderstruck's run even better. But what she was able to do off the top of the straight and get three on them was uh, the really the race-winning move. She travelled so well. My theory going into the race, and I would, would probably, if I saw you at the pub, I would have been one of those mm. blokes that you put in the lay bin because <laughs> I tipped Snapdancer and Cascadia and a Tommy Two play. And I said on, on Friday, um, Friday Betfair show, I'm Thunderstruck, uh, Alligator Blood and Elation were my lays in the race. I was laying all three of them. Snapdancer just had that perfect setup. Queensland run, fitness edge. She was the horse there to win. I'm Thunderstruck's yep. going to a Cox Plate. 
Cascadian was probably the other one there to win, but Matt badly back. Um, Cascadian on Thunderstruck ran almost identical final 400 metres of the race. Cascadian was slightly faster, but I'm Thunderstruck returned in enormous style. That was some run. I think he's a serious horse, and he probably gotten better since his Golden Eagle performance and, and whatnot. So um, he continues to thrive. I think he's a really good horse. He's got to be a chance in the Cox Plate now, up against Zaki and a few others. Cascadian, great return. Western Empire settled more forward than I yeah. thought. It was probably a, a decent ride, but um, was okay. Just a little bit dour late to, to run fifth. Alligator Blood held up from barrier one, slightly unlucky. Damien Oliver said that uh, probably runs into a placing yep. if um, if had a bit of luck. I don't know if he would have because I thought a Cascadian on Thunderstruck were really but, good late. So uh, he poss- might run fourth. Poss- yeah, possibly. And that is a good point because Cascadian hit the line really hard. He wouldn't have gone – well, he wouldn't have beaten on Thunderstruck to the line. But I think he would have ran probably – Better than uh, seventh. Than, yeah. than seventh. Just just quickly on Western Empire. I know uh, your man Miles is got it to win <laughs> every was, single race that's ever happened. Uh, I think it's <laughs> going to win the Breeders' Cup, the Ark. It'll it'll run well. No, and I, I I'm not worried about Western Empire. I think that look hasn't ran since last December. Real crack at it. First race in Melbourne, Group just One, peaked, all the rest of it. Peaked later it did bit. peak. I, I thought the ride was really good, and I didn't really surprise me that it went forward. Because on Mav on its outside was always going to go forward. So he was able to sort of get on the back of one. And, and it was a really nice ride by Damien Lane. Um, and I think it was the right way to go about it because uh, I don't think going back would have helped at all. Alligator Blood, yeah, went a, probably a bit more forward than I thought. It, I thought Dewis was great it's as true. well. Yeah, there, there's, there's some, there's, you can look at that race. And I said this during the week on, on SCN Track. You look at that race... And anything could have happened, and anything did happen. I didn't tip Stap Dance, I didn't back it. But you can take, I reckon, five, six, maybe seven positives going into big races this year. Cascadian, next up, race like a Maccabi Diva yep. at Flemington, uh, if that's the way they're heading. A 14, 1600 metre mile, mile Flemington, perfect setup for Cascadian. I'll be all over him. He's trials prior to first up run in the Memsey yesterday. Was, he's trialling better than Animo, and Animo, yeah. we saw what he did. So. Um, yeah, I'm Thunderstruck Cascadian, the two horses I'm very keen to follow. I just worry about Alligator Blood, obviously had a bit of race fitness on his side as opposed to the others. I know they came in and said he might have been fitter and um, needed the run, but it, it's hard to see him turning the tables on a Cascadian on Thunderstruck. Yeah, I, I just don't... The Stradbroke wasn't a majorly strong race as well. Now, I'm not saying that, it, you know, to win a Group 1, and he was brilliant in it, he had no luck with the gate and everything else, but... I have a feeling the mile is probably where he's going to be to be punching sort of in that group one sort of area. And I think he's probably half a tier below yep. uh, where we might be. We might try and squeeze the news in. I know, I know we're trying to work out our phone issue, get Jason from New Zealand. So we'll get to the news and then we'll hopefully get Jason. Wherever you might be around the country, you can get involved. few people, of course, reminding us that John O'Brown is an owner and snap dancer. So there you go. He had a... I didn't see him at track yesterday, but... I saw him out there. He yeah. was there? I didn't see him celebrating with Dipper. Well, Dipper was the only one I saw. <laughs> There's a lot of owners, but Dipper was the only one I did see. Hey, trade markets and find better odds this spring racing with Betfair. Always gamble responsibly. Call 1-800-858-858. You're listening to the Sunday Betfair Edge on SEN. Trade markets and find better odds this spring racing with Betfair. Gamble responsibly. Call 1-800-858-858. Tom Haylock, Cam Luke, right around Australia for Betfair. Play your way with Betfair. Always gamble responsibly. Call 
858. We're going to get to the Brownlow shortly, and Betfair's Brownlow predictor has picked the past three winners. Is it going to be four? Well, get informed and find better odds at Betfair. Call 1-800-858-858 if you're having some issue. We'll get to football very shortly. What'd you make us? I know we've we've half taken the mickey out of uh, Sydney and the weather and all the rest. But what did you make of racing there yesterday? It's really interesting because Sydney's carnival is usually earlier than mm. Melbourne's spring, but I think the fields in Melbourne have been really good the last um, couple of weeks comparatively to, to Sydney, which I don't know why. Maybe the extended uh, Sydney spring has something to do with that, with horses coming back later. We've seen Firebird and whatnot. Um, she's all class trialled. Fireburn hasn't been seen yet, stuff like that. Um, Kaboo, really nice win in the up-and-coming. Um, it was a good result for me. Just with the race fitness rolled forward, Conqueror being scratched at the barriers was a disappointment for the yeah, race. No he's, doubt. he's got a massive boom on him. I don't know what Chris Waller do, does with him now, whether he go back to the trials. He might even trial tomorrow if he can get him in, but he has to trial before he runs next Conqueror. Kaboo was awesome. Just up on speed. Daughter, uh, daughter, son of Maurice. Um, high head carriage, but he won really well. Uh, I think he's a bright... Oh, I think he's got some good races in him. I don't know whether he's a miler or a 1,400-metre horse or something like that, Kaboo, but he was fantastic. Golden Mile was good for James Cummings behind him. I, oh, so many questions to come from the San Domenico, mate. What, what do we make of that? I don't know. Sweet ride, turnaround form. Um, and belted them. Won well. Natuno mm. was good, just held up for a stride. Um, I think I, I loved the way he went about it because he's – He's a horse that has done so much wrong. If you've seen his trials and his jump out prior to first mm. up, he was incredibly, um, un, I don't know, he was just racing really badly. He's had his head high. He raced really keenly in those trials. He settled so much better yesterday for Bowman. So the fact that he did it slightly differently, he didn't lead, which is big. Um, I thought he was really good. Swiss Exiles, a horse with so much talent. Um, he just does so much wrong, races fiercely. Um, Swiss Exile, Spacewalk, typical Cummings short sprint, dynamic horse, needs things to go his way. Best of all, though, was probably the talking point. Absolutely. What did you make of him? Uh, really disappointing. Really disappointing. And again, it just like everything was set up. I thought the way the race was going to map going in, it was going to be great for it. The track was no concern. Uh, you, you, look, I, I tipped it earlier in the week. Again, I didn't I didn't end up backing it because mainly because it got to a ridiculous price. How yeah, short was it? And... Uh, and then it just never really looked like it was going to be in the finish at all. And the big question mark is it just continues, and I know we've gone on and on about it, and a lot of people do, but the fact is what do we make of that two-year-old autumn form now turning into this? Uh, I'm, really, I'm really interested to see how it goes. Like We, we, we talk about the Melbourne, well, you know, giga kicks come. Like The, the non-autumn two-year-olds mm. are the ones that are right now superior in Melbourne. And maybe it's going to be the way we look with the three-year-olds in the Sydney form as well. Because I thought best of Bordeaux, look, I'm not a sack on one effort, but there is no doubt uh, yesterday was really disappointing. And if you a part of the reason that it started and odds on, then you, um, I have no doubt you're more disappointed than what I am today because I didn't end up diving in. <laughs> well, you look at the Blue Diamond. Dormier, Revolutionary mm. Miss, mm. and Jack and I ran third. Revolutionary Miss is around 14th to 14th in Silver Shadow. Dormier was very plain yesterday. Yeah, um, Jack and I was enormous. Huge. He was, and he's probably a horse that had so much talent as a two-year-old that just really needed to furnish and develop into a three-year-old. And he, he was unbelievable. Um, the other one in Sydney, we go back to Sydney, Shades of Rose. This horse just keeps going around even money. He's won th- three. She's won three in a row by three and a half, four lengths. I'll tell you what, our little legend here, David Taggart, will be joining me in around 20 minutes' time. 
The only thing that's got beat, when remember when it came out, pig rooting, you know, four starts back when Tags made his best of the day. Oh, I waited all day for it. Yeah, pinch girth or whatever it might have been. It actually, and since then, it hasn't looked like getting beat. <laughs> well, I made it my best of the day when it buck jumped. Yep. Then I made it my best of the day at Rose Hill on 16th of July when the Big Easy beat it. Now, how's the Big Easy come out and beat it then? I don't know. Since then, it's won three in a row I and by huge marks. Yeah, and, and that's the thing. It's not just winning. It's belting them. Might be better on top of the ground, too. It, so. it, might, it might well be. <laughs> she's, she's going enormous. I can't wait for her to uh, get to a big race in spring. Um, so, yeah, Sydney wasn't great. That We saw a, a really good international, though, Um Take out race, what was it, six, seven? Race seven at Waterford. Mm. Um, he's got stacks of ability, this horse. He was eligible for much easier. He was a 65 rated horse heading into a benchmark 78. He had 53 and a half kilos, let down like a very, very smart, now, smart it, horse. It got back too, right? Got back. Yeah. Yep. Yep, and finished over the top of them. Mm. I, I just think the internationals all spring will have a class edge. And these a couple of these internationals, I was keen to tip one yesterday, Dajran trolling really nicely, got scratched in the last in Sydney um, against Shades of Rose, I thought would have run a place. But these internationals, especially those with their second preps and second campaigns here in Australia, I think they're growing a leg. This, this boy, Waterford, um, a perfect example, he was good. We don't really think too deeply about acclimatising and the way that the trainers do things differently and the horse having to settle in, new surrounds, new country, new way about everything, of course, when you are a former import. And you're right, we do see those horses come back and be a lot better. Look, I know we're a little way out and I've only had a very small play, but this is why I believe Spanish Mission will run a huge Melbourne Cup. Mm, uh, yes, we, yeah, we look yeah. at last year's Melbourne Cup. He, got, he obviously wasn't Australian trained or owned at the time. Well, actually, he might have been owned or I'm not sure when they bought into him. Might have been after, in fact. But he ran really well. He got beat by Very Elegant. It was outstanding. and incentivised. He did everything right for the entire preparation. Then he went to that zipping classic and the mile. Like He's a, he's a genuine two-miler. He, he's only bought for one race, and that's the Melbourne Cup. He's a genuine two-miler. Yeah, and yeah, he, got, he got, you know, again, I wanted to see Bossy end on top and winning on Spanish Mission. It wasn't the way to be, and... Uh, Got backed into a dollar sixty, but you can also see why the horse got beat on that particular day, even though the field was 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 pretty interesting. He's the perfect example of climatizing. They've got him going. They scratched him yesterday. They don't want a gut buster with the big weight heading towards what's going to be a huge preparation for him. But he'll he'll be absolutely primed on on his grand final day, which is the Melbourne Cup. You know what was bad yesterday? Generation. Yeah, it was. I had it one out in a quaddy. I had everything going into it. I, I had a, a big bet on him. Ah, that was costly. I know lay bin's done and dusted, but I want to put <laughs> frivolous protests oh, yeah. in the lay bin. So, mate, the lay bin's never done and dusted. Whatever crosses your mind, whatever gets you rolled up, goes straight in the bin. You can I'm, mention it any time. Look, I'm all for fairness in racing and in sport, but, you know, protest. I'll also argue that... The precedent's been set now with last year's Cox Plate that if there's a major metropolitan race, I know yesterday wasn't a group one, but there's a major metropolitan race, you're going to have to knock the horse on its rear end to be upheld nowadays. Are you backing or laying the Cox Plate protest? I am going to sit on the fence because <laughs> I think had that have been Wangaratta on a Tuesday, it would have been upheld. But I also understand why yeah, yeah. they look at it. And I think... Like my, my argument about that is that everyone will be like, no, it's, it's like it's it's the same. Whatever it is, a Tuesday at Wangaratta, it's it, it, well, it's not the, the same. Say, yeah? it, it's exactly right. That's the that's what gets peddled out. I, I I like that theory because I think there has to be at different times. Like you, you don't want to 
Like the Cox Plate gets replayed a thousand times a year for eternity. And if it's a protest, it's very hard to actually have the race as part of that if the horse that went past the post first isn't the horse that actually won the race. I'm not convinced Animo wins. That's that's the thing for me. I, 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 I'm talking through my kick, though, about the winner. So, anyway. Um, Switch of, legs. <laughs> Nine of, months uh, later, we're still talking about and it. He's, but, yes. He's such a good horse. Too. Way, he went out and hey, well, won group ones. Yeah. He was it, coming over again, I think. He, so. he is. He is. It was disappointing last week, but he went back to a mile race and was ridden upside down. And I, th- I think they'll both be in the top four in this year's Cox Plate when they have turn around the bend. Have to be. Um, just a couple of bad beats and whatnot. Caulfield Race 9, a misery. Um, hit $890 in play before winning, if you don't mind. BSP of $8.40. So came from nowhere, a misery. Take out the last at Caulfield. Last at Morphville too, just minutes after. Hinto Blue traded $1.04 and got beaten by Montaigne, or Montaigne, who hit 400 in run. <sighs> Came from the clouds again up the inside, I think it was, and a yes. uh, huge win there to kick or to finish the day at Morphville. So a couple of um, data samples from betfair.com.au from the weekend. Uh, best way to get involved too is uh, trade markets and find better odds this spring racing with Betfair. Gamble responsibly call 1-800-858-858. Do you want to talk a little footy? Why not? Huge weekend of finals oh. coming up. Oh, get, I want you to tip the tip the four games for me. Brisbane, Richmond, Brisbane two sixteen, Richmond a dollar eighty four. Yeah, I, I find this to be the hardest game of the weekend because great betting, great Richmond are playing match. better. But if Brisbane can play like they did when they led them by seven goals like a month ago, they should beat them. And, and that was at the G. That too. was at the G and. I have a huge issue with Brisbane in big games and the stats back this up. I'm not necessarily a stats guy, but every time they've had a big final and a lot of them have been at the Gabba, Richmond appearing, but it is... If Tom Lynch doesn't play, I can't see Richmond winning, but all indications are that he will play, same as Dustin Martin. Uh, I think we'll see extra time. <laughs> I'm going to give it just to Brisbane. Brisbane 260 play anyway. Yeah, they're, they're most, most certainly. Yep. Most certainly. Melbourne, Sydney, Melbourne, $1. fifty-one. Sydney, 282. I, I think a great deal of value with Sydney. They already beat them at the G this year, mm. but mm. Melbourne were brilliant last week. I'm going to give it to Melbourne because I've been a firm believer that Melbourne played Geelong in a grand final since about round six. So I don't want to jump off just yet, but Sydney are playing great footy. They get a chance Friday night at the G to try and knock off the, the reigning premiers. But I, I think Melbourne, who were good last week, I think they'll, I think they'll get that one. Geelong, $1.42, Collingwood, $3.30. I, uh, I'm invested in Geelong to win the flag. I invested them in the preseason. I invested in every way possible. So I'll stay with Geelong. But I was at the MCG. I'm not a Collingwood or Carlton fan, but I was there last Sunday. And that last quarter was incredible. Quarter and it's, it's, it's impossible not to get swept up in how cool it is. And I want to point this out. And I understand big clubs or clubs when they've had failures and a recent failure. I'm talking about the Essendon Football Club with a first-time coach and Ben Rutten understand all of that and they need an experienced coach and there's a million different names going around. Well, Craig McRae wasn't an experienced head coach and he's given us one of the best, and there's a lot of people who probably don't like Collingwood, but he has <laughs> given us one of the best footy fairy tales in recent times, when it comes to the way they play their footy and the way they go about it. So, the way they um, won. Yeah. How, how I don't know done. how they win. I do not know how they win. I'm not a stats guy, as I, a lot of people would know. Uh, but all the but stats if I was, I'd be confused. Be they shouldn't win. They shouldn't win games. So uh, I, I think Geelong will beat them. 
I still. What did you say? Dollar forty-two. Yeah. Look. I think that's that's fair enough. Absolutely. I, I guess. I think Geelong will win. If Jeremy Cameron doesn't play, I think you'll be able to get a little better than a dollar forty-two. It will be a close game. I think Collingwood will absolutely play good footy, but Geelong deserve favouritism and. Probably flag favouritism, to be fair. And Fremantle, do they get over the Bulldogs? I I think the Dogs... $2.84, the Dogs? Is, is the play Are here. Dogs because man? I am a Dogs man. Yeah. But what I will say here is that Fremantle have been wonder, wonderful. And I was actually really impressed with how they won at the Giants. I was ugly and they're down and they've got an opportunity to finish top four and they were able to fight their way out of it and, and, and win a game that, you know, good teams win. And they are a good team. The thing that probably works for the Dogs' favour is their defensive stocks is probably their weak point, and Fremantle don't have a key forward. It's really on Rory Lobb, who played, may have kicked five goals when they beat them in Melbourne, you know, a couple of months ago. So Rory Lobb has a big game. I think Fremantle can win. But uh, if the Dogs get on top, like famously, if you're a Dogs fan, you're already thinking about Going to Perth back in 2016, belting the Eagles, and then all of a sudden going on that run. Neither of these teams can win the flag. Uh, I think the Dogs are the value, but Fremantle well and truly deserve favouritism, and and they deserve to be the favourites because they've had an outstanding season. Geelong three dollars for the premiership uh, at the moment. Melbourne three forty-five. Sydney seven dollars twenty. Collingwood ten dollars fifty. So to reach the grand final, the two teams are pretty sure Geelong yep. and Melbourne. That's the way you'll play it. I think both of those will. I think they'll play off. I know that uh, you might not have this in front of you, but you might actually know it. Like, well, what is what what has Collingwood got out to for a premiership this year at Bedfair? Like, that would have been huge odds at some point. And even though they had a nice start to you, they beat St Kilda. You know that rounds in three and four, we thought it was re- you know sort of getting back, leveling out, and everyone thought this is the Collingwood team that we'll probably see some moments of brilliance, some fun, but uh, like. That would have been 50, 60? Yeah, they had $8 traded at 85, so they got go. out of that. But, um, yeah, they've been traded as high as 30, 25, 22, 21, 20 at various times throughout the year. Um, 11.50 was probably the, the main, with a lot of money on 11.50 at $12 and whatnot recently. So um, they're $10.50. I'll tell you what, two things. Hit me. $30,000 traded on Carlton to make the top eight at under $1.30 Unbelievable. this season. <laughs> Unbelievable. How good's that stat? The, the the fact as well that they literally had two bites of the cherry to make to make it. They traded as low as a dollar four. No to wonder they've the no they've had rough weeks. The Blues fans. <laughs> Thirty thousand. Oh, are you in? Are you in F one's camp? I am a little bit. Not not as much as I am most other sports. Motorsports probably my uh, mm-hmm. not exactly my passion, but I have. Well, it's been an interesting week when it comes to the Australians. We didn't have a driver for a long period of time. And uh, obviously the last sort of 20, 30 years, we've had a, a regular appearance. And now all of a sudden, we're, they're combining to make the headlines. Yes. Is Piastri getting a seat? Is that, uh, he will. He, he will. He's that, got it. Again, I know I want this on the record. That is from reading what people who uh, hell know a lot more about sport and motorsport than me. But I think he will. And traditionally in sport... People's names don't get thrown around in this kind of way unless they've got somewhere to go and they're going to be a part of what's going I to happen. I think he's a year. genuine star. Yeah, that, that's what the, the belief is, yeah. Um, Max Verstappen tonight, Belgium Grand Prix, starting from 15th, he's still favourite to win, 264, amazingly. So Carlos Sainz, I think he's on pole, $3.90. Perez, $4.30. Charles Leclerc, um, starting at third, is $16. So might be a bit of value there. There we go. 
Um, yeah, the Grand Prix on tonight. There's plenty of other sport happening. The Brownlow Medal. Yes. Are you you with me, Brownlow Knight? Do you know, do you know what we're doing? No, I have no idea, oh, no but idea I'll tell you what. If you're with Patrick Cripps, I am with you because I still think you'll win. Oh, well, you're getting about seven dollars forty at the moment. Seven dollars fifty on Betfair. The Brownlow Medal predictor have got it a very very mm. close battle between Lockie Neal, Clayton Oliver. Clayton Oliver, 28 votes. The Brownlow Medal Predictor on betfair.com.au, the hub. Um, 28 votes. His $4.30. Lockie Neal, 28 and a half votes. So a half a vote, which is line ball, and obviously. You have, and has predicted the last three Brownlows, hasn't it? Uh, the Quinella in the last there three. There you go. So, um, and the last three winners. So, well, the exactor then. Um, yeah, what a battle it is. You're with Cripps. Yeah, I, I think that now, as the second half of the year didn't go all that well for Carlton, different points, but... He will be – his first five or six weeks, I know he missed one of those games through injury when he when he got subbed out, I think, as well. Yes, so yep. that will hurt a little bit. But I, I think he'll have a clear lead at the halfway point. And I'm not sure Lockie Neal's polled a great deal in the last six or so weeks. And Clayton Oliver, well, they're all going to poll well. They're all superstars. So, you know, we can, you know, ifs, buts and maybes and all the rest of it. But I think Cripps is going to be very hard to run got down. Some, and I think he might have got three votes last week, even though they got beat. Got some good data on Cripps too. He traded as low as $2.92. He polled potentially three votes in his first three rounds. Mm. Brownlow Metal Predictors got him 3-3, three, three, two and a half. And then he had a week off, got injured. Uh, and then he got 3-3, three, three, two and a half again. So as you said, his first eight rounds were enormous. Um, potentially polling two or three in that last round could be huge. Brisbane versus Melbourne, round 23, yeah. that was huge. Well, remember last year, Port Adelaide v. the Western Bulldogs was mm. how Ollie Wines ended up winning the Brownlow. Well, well, he won the Brownlow because he played so well on that night. Hey, Tommy, thank you. Been a pleasure, mate. There we go. Don't forget, Betfair's a Brownlow predictor picked the last three winners and the exact, the Quinella, everything to get involved, get informed and find better odds at Betfair. Gamble responsibly. Call 1-800-858-858. The little six-timers rolling around. I can't wait for it. He's going to join me on the other side of this. Sometimes needing new tyres can catch us by surprise. That's why tyre power gives you the power of zip pay and zip money. You can get what you need now, get back on the road safely and pay for it later. Terms and conditions apply. So visit tyrepower.com.au or call 13 91.